0: What are you prepared to do? (laughs) What's up, watchers? Today's podcast features a genre we haven't covered yet. We discussed aspects of it on previous episodes, but today we'll review our first martial arts film. Both Jeremy and I have been huge fans of movies in this segment and obsessively consumed large amounts of the works of actors such as Jet Li, Jackie Chan, and the great Bruce Lee, to name a few. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, grab your bo staff and your favorite set of nunchucks. It's time for 2004's Kung Fu Hustle. You know, I don't think this movie, they actually use nunchucks in this movie. They don't. don't. (laughs) I guess they kind of use a bow staff. Welcome to the Midnight Watch podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Josh and Jeremy, and we try to review movies that are at least 10 years old and see what kind of impact they made or are still making on culture and the film industry. We also don't keep anything back, so you're going to get lots of spoilers on this show. That's right. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a midnight watch? So, this is a pretty special episode. Since we're covering a genre we've loved for a long time and are finally covering our first martial arts movie here on the watch. So, what do we have for our our first batch of trivia for Kung Fu Hustle? Well, let me tell you, I lost my notes <laughs> <laughs> as you try to find your notes I, <laughs> excellent <laughs> where is it we're, <laughs> so, we're very professional here right. everyone well let me tell you Josh okay um yeah this movie <laughs> was directed by Stephen Chow uh the score was by Raymond Wong and the budget was 20 million and then the worldwide box office was 102 million and the choreography was by Yoon wuping ping so that's that's pretty legit let's see who we got in here yeah I, uh, for forward note here me getting into the cast i apologize in case you didn't know i am american <laughs> and um i'll give out <laughs> very I'll, white bread american very white bread so we'll uh okay let's get into these names so we have stephen chow we have yun kui we have yun hua danny chan Qua, Quak Quan, we have hung shang he we have bruce Lang, chi ling chu dong Ji hua And you sing... So, I hope I pronounced at least two of those names right. So, anyways, these are all phenomenal (laughs) actors, though. These are very good. I thought it was actually going to be a lot worse, but then again, I don't speak Mandarin or Cantonese, so... Well, hey, we did did what we could. I'm going to say... By the way, the... So, (laughs) the reason that that phrase that I said at the very beginning of it, that's the only (laughs) English line in the movie, and that's actually... Like when Taylor's about to die or whatever, and he's like, the two landlords are like, "Hey, we're, you know, like we'll try to save you." And then he says it in English. He says, "What are you prepared to do?" And then the landlord's like, "What are you saying? We don't understand you." And then he dies, and then and they're like, "Oh no!" And so, <laughs> um, but that, I'm so stupid. I just got that now. Like I didn't even realize when I'm watching it that <laughs> that switched to English, and that's why they're saying to English. we don't understand. And they're like, "We don't understand what you're saying." um anyways that was actually a tribute to the untouchables the the 1987 that's when i think i don't remember which character it is i haven't seen that movie in a while that might be sean connery's character um but yeah that was like the tribute to that scene dude there's a lot of tributes to different movies in this movie like this movie oh my gosh i know this movie is a kaleidoscope of different types of films and it is so one question real quick and then we'll jump into the synopsis we can answer this question a little bit later is this predominantly a comedy, or is this predominantly a kung fu movie so like a like an action movie? so uh let's get, in, let's get into that synopsis. yeah, that was a great question. So the synopsis uh this was a little long, but it's actually a pretty good breakdown of the movie. so here we go once again, courtesy of wikipedia in 1940s shanghai petty cooks sing and bone aspire to join the notorious axe gang which rules the town with an iron fist under the leadership of the cold-blooded brother sum the two visit pigsty alley a rundown slum where they claim to be axemen and attempt to extort the residents before being chased off by the slum's landlady in an attempt to bluff them sing throws a firecracker which blows up the hat of a minor axe gang boss passing by. Singh blames the residents for throwing the firecracker, and the boss attacks a barber, only to be struck by an unseen assailant. The gang then calls for reinforcements, while three of the tenants, Cooley, Taylor, and Donut, reveal themselves to be kung fu masters and triumph over the gang members. Fearing the gang's retaliation, the landlady quickly evicts the trio, Infuriated by the loss of his men, Brother Sum captures Sing and Bone, intending to kill them for posing as gang members. Sing narrowly frees themselves with his lockpicking skills, impressing Brother Sum, who allows them to join the gang once they commit manslaughter. Lamenting his failure, Sing relives his childhood to Bone. He was duped into believing he was a natural-born Kung Fu genius by a vagrant selling a martial arts pamphlet, And as a result, he gave the vagrant his meager savings to purchase the pamphlet. Singh practiced the Buddhist palm technique and attempted to save Fong, a mute girl, from bullies, only to be beaten himself and humiliated when the bullies point out that the pamphlet costs a mere 20 cents. Singh then becomes adamant the good guys never win and resolve to be a villain. The two return to Pigsty Alley to kill the landlady, though their plan backfires and they barely escape. Seeking safety in a traffic pulpit, sing is surprised as his body rapidly heals from the injuries sustained during the escape. The pain causes him to strike the sides of the pulpit with extreme force, covering the surface with hand-shaped impressions. Brother Sum hires the harpists, two assassins who use a magical gouzing to kill the pigsty Ally Alley the kill the pigsty alley masters. There we go. They arrive at the alley undetected at night and overwhelm the three masters, who are in the process of leaving. The landlady and her husband, the landlord, intervene and reveal themselves to be kung fu masters as well. They defeat the harpists and send a stern warning to Brother Sum before evacuating Pigsty. Frustrated with his increasing failures, Sing attempts to rob an ice cream vendor, but inadvertently discovers that she is actually Fong. She offers him a lollipop as she did in the past, but he swats it away, ashamed of how far he has fallen. After shooing Bone away, Sing is brought to Brother Sum. The gang leader offers Sing instant membership into the gang if he can free the legendary assassin Beast from an asylum. Sing is successful, and the Beast is brought to the gang's headquarters. Brother Sum is initially skeptical of the Beast, whose flippant attitude and sloppy appearance annoys him. However, the beast quickly reveals himself to be a lethal and skilled fighter, and he destroys half of the casino next door to confront the landlady and the landlord who are waiting to settle the score with the gang. The three engage in a vicious battle that ends in a stalemate when the three are immobilized through an interjoint lock. Singh, pressured by Brother Sum to attack the landlord and landlady to help the beast, has a change of heart and attacks the beast instead. Infuriated the beast pummels Sing, who is narrowly rescued by the Landlord and Landlady, and the three escape. The beast casually kills Brother Sum for berating him, and he assumes control of the Axe Gang. Back at Pigsty Alley, the Landlord and Landlady treat Sing's wounds and are surprised when he recovers at top speed. A metamorphosed Sing treats the two's wounds and takes them into a quiet room to rest before meeting the Axe Gang outside, who are waiting for them. The landlady deduces that Singh is a natural born kung fu genius when he effortlessly dispatches the gang members before confronting the beast. The beast initially gains the upper hand and sends Singh f- flying high into the sky. Singh comes into inner peace by envisioning Buddha in the clouds before arriving back down to incapacitate the beast. Although defeated, the beast treacherously attempts to stab Singh with a poisoned weapon. Singh stops the beast's attack and converts the weapon into a flower which he sends floating through the air to Fong. Awestruck by Sing's action, which was completely beyond his understanding, the beast tearfully bows down to Sing and begs to become his disciple. Sing and Bone open a candy store with Fong's lollipop as their logo. When Sing sees Fong outside, he happily invites her in to to relive their childhood memories. The same vagrant who sold Sing the pamphlet entices another child just outside the store, only this time... He is selling multiple pamphlets teaching different styles. I think that and was the... I'm, I'm not going to lie. but I, I think that was the first time I was actually like really engrossed by the synopsis. <laughs> and I was just like, oh yeah. Like I realized <laughs> like I hadn't like zoned out over looking at notes or something. I was just totally like listening. And then I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> totally listening. So like the plot of this movie is fun. It's It's really fun. It's totally fun. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. hey, before... We run away like we always do at this point in the podcast. Where were you when you first watched this movie? Where were you in? uh, Okay, so I'm trying to remember when I watched this movie. Um, Okay, so anyways, I remember seeing the first thing I saw of this was like there was huge posters in the movie theaters of Kung Fu Hustle and I was like, what is this? This looks crazy because like they have pictures of like the the axe gangs uh, dancing And then they've got uh, Stephen Chow in there, and I we really liked kung fu movies at that time, so I was like, "This looks cool." And then I didn't see it in theaters, and I don't remember exactly when I saw it, but I saw it on DVD, and I initially wasn't sure how I felt about it because it's like there's certain parts that are really violent, and then there's but then there's a ton of slapstick comedy in this too, and so I had to watch it again later, and then I ended up I ended up like west why we're talking about it now so yeah what about you josh right uh same as you i well actually i don't remember when it came out i remember seeing i don't know it must have been a year or two after it came out but it was on tv Mm -hmm. and i remember just i was flipping through the channels or something and the scene where the harpists are oh yeah um attacking the the three masters at night in the village or in the the alley or whatever. And so that whole scene, I remember just well, I mean, like you, you know, really into kung fu movies at the time, and I kind of stopped to watch and just got totally sucked into it. And that part that scene, there's not a ton of humor. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um kind of classic uh kung fu movie, you know, like myth style, yeah, kung- right? Kung Fu mythology sort of. Yeah. The the wuxia style or whatever they call it. Or is yeah. that more of that fantasy kind of style Mm -hmm. Uh, because I had seen you know Crouching Tiger and Hero and um, you know a few other classic kind of well not classic but they're now they're classic I guess but at the time they were they were newer um, you know of that fantasy Kung Fu style anyways so that totally grabbed me but I didn't realize that was Kung Fu Hustle I don't think because then later I remember seeing some of it and uh, like like one of the parts of the land lady and it was just kind of goofy and i i guess i didn't quite appreciate the humor so really it wasn't until you know fast forward another 10 years maybe and i watched it Well, like now it's five or six years ago i guess uh on one of our i think we we're doing a kung fu day when i was watching movies with my uh my old movie club and totally loved it like you said i guess i had seen enough of that style some of the the the, the comedy style and plus blended with the with the fantasy. Loved it. It was yeah. awesome. Totally fell in love with it. So yeah. I've seen it probably, this is probably my third time watching it since I really fell in love with it. I think this is my second time watching it because I hadn't seen this movie in a while and then they threw it up on Netflix and then I found a copy of it for like super cheap and so I was excited about that. That's I um, was first nice. introduced to Steven Chow's movies through Shaolin Soccer. I saw that first and... I didn't know what I <laughs> that was another one I just didn't know how I felt about that but like you know how Jackie Chan's got a lot of funny stuff in his movies and even his yeah. uh, like police story and stuff like that like he always has humor in a drunken master so like armor of god those things are are fun and so was watching Shaolin Soccer like that has like more of like magical elements of it um mystical yeah. stuff so I liked it so I think that's why Kung Fu Hustle caught my attention because I was like oh it's from the director of Shaolin Soccer and then Kung Fu Hustle was just it was just different than what I expected this isn't this is not um I wouldn't say this is American humor for for a lot of it in certain cases because it's such a mishmash of different stuff but yeah it flows I mean there's I think there, there are some some American humor elements to it oh yes definitely but overall I would say no and there's definitely like the the gay jokes in it I those would just not fly today I don't think Probably. That guy was actually one of my favorite characters. Like how this was oh, I he's loved, awesome. He was loved how he was just ah, oh, dude. There's so many great characters in this movie. I uh, okay. What was your favorite scene out of this movie? Oh, my favorite scene. Um Well, when they when Singh and Bone go into to assassinate the landlady. <laughs> oh yeah. They're trying to throw <laughs> knives at her. <laughs> and the knives keep ricocheting and then stabbing Stephen Chow. You're right. He keeps throwing them. <laughs> <and> I'm I'm <laughs> at work. Yeah, I'm at work trying to watch this quietly, like on my break, got my headphones on and everything, and I, I cannot stay quiet. Like, I am laughing out loud, just <laughs> busting up. It is so funny. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's a lot of other great scenes in this movie, but that one totally stood out to me. Like, I just couldn't contain it. It was so funny. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, it was it was great. Like, that was awesome. That's a good scene. Yeah. I, I think... Initially, my favorite scene was when the two the two assassins go to to kill the three masters, and they they have the they're, they're oh the harpist they're playing the harp and they're like yeah using the music as a weapon, and that was just freaking yeah. brilliant. I loved it. I love that whole sequence. It is, and it's so interesting. And the special effects, the special effects aren't that bad. No, they're you know, they're not that what, bad. Sixteen years later, it's most of the special effects in this movie, and I don't know if it's because they were. Uh, I don't know maybe kind of intentionally supposed to be a little on the corny side or but but even still like they just they I don't, don't think seem so. that bad yeah I don't think so I think they were actually going for because like the parts when they're running super fast like Sonic the Hedgehog and that's well, on, yeah. honestly that's supposed to be funny that's like a Looney Tunes right like, thing. right that's very specific stuff. yeah but then like they do such a good mixture of slapstick but then there's like there's legit awesome um stuff too like the whole like Shaolin right. and fist or whatever that they do the hand at the end when he like blows a hole through the side and it's in the shape of the hand and that's just so cool it, yeah one thing that i laughed but thought was cool at the same time was when the beast throws him up in the air at the end of the movie and then like he's flying up and then like there's just a random like hawk or whatever that's there an eagle or something and he like he lies up and then steps on it gently and like and the, it's just like <laughs> And then, like he's, <laughs> he, like he regains his posture. and goes, and it's like right. it's so cool, but at the same time, it's hilarious too. And yeah. yeah, there's just there's tons of parts in this. We, I should I should drop some trivia on this before we really start going into it. Do you got any um, awesome trivia about this movie? Not really. I mean, it's one of those movies where, as you're watching it, I was really getting the feeling like I know that there's a lot of nods to classic Chinese cinema. Yeah, that I don't get like I know that this I'll see a scene or a joke or something I'm like I know that's something that means something to that culture and I'm right. not getting it but I appreciate that it's there right no if I, that makes sense I totally agree I totally agree because there's different things where I was just like it's weird but like and I, that's when I'm like oh I know there's a disconnect because of yeah like socially like I don't understand that there's certain things in there um that so that makes a lot of sense like, one thing that was yeah. really cool was when the landlady, after she's revealed that that she's a, a master, and that's actually one of my favorite parts in the movie. So, like, the, all of a sudden, the, dang it, I'm trying to remember their names, the assassins or whatever with the harp, they all of a sudden get, like, yeah. blown away, and then, like, uh, no, 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 they're standing there, and they're looking around, and they jump, and all of a sudden, they're, like, forced back down, and because the landlord, the guy, had, like, landed over them and he had like pulled him down and he looks like he's just asleep on like with his arms over him and then they do that fight where they try to hit him and he does like that drunken master like move the yeah move the the energy around and like hits him and stuff like that um that scene was so cool because before that he's such like a super corny guy and uh, like he's really funny and you think he's like a wuss and him and the the landlady are like fighting all the time and then that scene though all of a sudden they reveal like he is like freaking legit and so like he just wastes them but um anyway so right after that scene so the landlady like goes into the lands in the car that whole sequence where she like doesn't talk to him but just does like those different like hand gestures and then like hand gestures and thumbs thumbs her nose at him and then he just nods right i knew what that was okay you did so what's that from Uh, That was Bruce Lee all the way. Yeah, that's so awesome. He does the exact same thing to the boss. There's several Bruce Lee nods. And the other thing that's cool is uh, Bruce Ling, the guy who plays the Beast, apparently he was considered the third dragon. Basically, after Bruce Lee passed away, then he was one of the main guys that was a Bruce Lee lookalike. And he was a Kung Fu master. And so Stephen Chow looked up to him actually when he was a kid. That was pretty cool to see. Right. To actually. Yeah, I did. Yeah, for sure. Working with one of your childhood heroes. Right. Uh, that was the only thing that I, that I kind of looked at trivia-wise was just that most of the actors... Because there's a lot of older actors in this movie, and a lot of them, I guess, were famous um, from kung fu movies in the 60s and 70s. Right. Uh, maybe the 80s, I guess, too. But they were kind of all over the hill, and he kind of brought them all back. Which, again, would have been... I mean, be, it's like us watching The Expendables, where you see all these action stars from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s you know come together for a movie like that means a lot to people right in america so i'm sure this movie when it came out people were like oh that's so-and-so oh that's that person right no that's pretty pretty awesome i totally agree with you i love all the dance sequences too those that's another favorite part of mine because it's very like west side story the gangs kind (laughs) of you know dancing around and
1: I was gonna um, actually. It's
0: silly, but it's such a cool Broadway like vibe to you at the same time. Like great music. Oh, oh yeah, I love the soundtrack in this movie. This soundtrack is it's been stuck in my head all week. Like literally, as soon as like we decided that we were gonna review this movie, then I just the theme song the whole like da 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 da, da, da that whole part yeah. is like stuck in my head just for like a week and a half. But that d- yeah. dance sequence that you were talking about. So that actor is actually um, he practices jeet K De- do man, I just butchered that. but anyways, right Bruce uh, Bruce Lee's thing. and he he actually is a dancer in real life. And so when Stephen Chow was writing the story and was like, how do I make him super tough and like scary?" And he couldn't figure it out with something new. And then he was like, oh, this guy's a dancer. I'm just going to have him dance. So like that whole thing of him dancing and then them cutting to scenes of like violence and like, and then him dancing and going back and forth. Like that was so creative and very innovative at the same time. It was awesome. Right. Kind of makes him look like a psychopath just where he just completely disassociates the, all the violence and things that he does just with feeling good or, you know, dancing or whatever. You know, but to be honest, here i don't know why—but he reminds me of Sterling, our cousin, and so <laughs> I, I was just like, I don't know. But like the part where he's just terrible combination right here. But when he's the girl's like, "Please don't shoot me," and he's like, "I don't shoot women," and then like they toss him the shotgun and he shoots her in the back and then kind of dances as soon as she turns away. Around. Yeah, and I just like—I don't know why that reminded me. I—I <laughs> I think it's just the goofiness of that, not the uh, homicidal maniac right. part of that. Right, but, not the uh, violence towards women. Yeah, not all that you part. Uh, eligible ladies out there, that is not Sterling's mo. Not at all. <laughs> he's a consummate gentleman. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but, the, but yeah, for sure that little swagger, that little swagger he's got. Totally, I could see Sterling doing that. Yeah, and I didn't know that Stephen Chow actually was. Um, he's been practicing kung fu his entire life. His style, is, he that he picked, was the Wing Chun style, which is pretty mm-hmm. legit. That was cool because when I saw him in Shaolin Soccer and then Kung Fu Hustle, my thought watching it this time was like, he really looks like he's doing the the fighting and the moves and stuff like that. And then in researching the movie, I was like, oh, that's cool. He actually does do that. And the fight choreographies in this movie are legit. And to be honest, I feel like they're super legit. I feel like they're better versions of The Matrix Reloaded, and it's not all CG. It's like oh yeah, it's super, it's freaking awesome. Which actually, the choreographer yeah. choreographer he did the choreography for the Matrix movies, but that's why they probably look similar. But the fighting is right. Legit. Yeah, you can definitely tell. So yeah, for absolutely, that, and that's what kind of that to me is what pulls you out of the oh this is just comedy, and all of a sudden you forget, and you're like this is a legit you know, martial arts movie. This The fighting right. is, it's not goofy, silly fighting. This is legit, top notch, top quality, you know, kung fu. Yeah. And apparently, most of the names of the superpowers in the film, um, they are taken from pulp novels of this guy, uh, Louis Cha, which I was not familiar with that um, author. Are you familiar with his work? No. And apparently, he's a household name in Hong Kong. And it says often compared to alexandre dumas with uh credited with the invention Ah. of modern martial arts swashbucklers so apparently this is like the style of all the fighting in this is like very like classic hong kong mythology and stuff so that's that's pretty cool like this movie was definitely from stephen chow's heart like you can tell oh yeah passion project all the way yeah and as much as i really liked shaolin soccer like i think I, I like this movie more actually like this movie is is pretty awesome and it yeah it's really a smart movie i feel like the more you watch this the more you would see in it whether it's the humor or the serious side of it i mean it's it's really brilliantly done it it it's got some some real depth to it it's it's it not just silly i mean it it's it really shows some classic uh i don't know kung fu tropes of like the the humble master living living in a very, you know, simple right. you know kind of uh location coming out of the shadows to defend, you know, the weak and whatnot and then and plus showing that anybody can be good at martial arts too. I mean, there's really Right. Um except not for until, that, except for that one kid where his pants keep falling down. And he's like, "I know kung fu." Right. Right. Landlady just <laughs> slaps him out. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Right but definitely and it is super cool showing all those older actors just kicking butt doing you know amazing things so it really shows that age you know doesn't is not a factor no you know when I, it comes to martial arts no it just kind of they keep refining their craft and so it, like lesser movements more power it's just it's freaking legit right yeah right So yeah i think when i first watched started watching this i thought it was going to be like Super slapsticky because Shaolin Soccer is very slapsticky. Like they got some really funny jokes in that, and then, but then it takes itself seriously, kung fu wise. So I think that's why, like, the violence is classic kung fu violence. Like it's like, oh, dude just got you know, he's got his head cut off, you know, got shot and stuff like that. But then, like, but you're right, this is a very smartly, very smartly written movie. At first, it just looks seems like it's kind of dumb, but then as you dissect it, there's layers on layers of this, which is amazing. Yeah, I really uh I really enjoyed it. And but speaking of the comedy, really good physical comedy. Like it's not cheap just silly stupid. I mean, there's there's some really well done mm-hmm. physical comedy in here. Oh dude, It's Stephen Chow freaking sells it. Like the part when he's going to try to break the beast out and he just like halfway looks in this other <laughs> like place and he's like, "What is that?" and then he's like, "Oh," and then like backs off real quick and then that like gets grabbed <laughs> right. by the other cell. Just his reactions right. and stuff is so good i love the part my the part i laughed so hard was when he trying to start a fight with somebody and he's like this guy like my friend is the he's in the axe gang and he's like you right there you come and fight me and it's like some super tall oh, yeah. guy and he's like no no no, no not you right. that's not what i was talking about that's cheating sit down yeah he's like no 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 and then and then he's like you over there the guy with glasses he's like four eyes and right. then the guy stands up and he's like crazy ripped Oh my right, gosh. Huge dude. And he's just like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, the way he keeps deflecting and redirecting. Right. He's like, would you guys so, listen to so me? He's so quick. His, his comedic, his comedic timing so fast and on point. Right. And then I love how like they honor uh, the, the fighting and stuff. But at the end too, like when he's surrounded by all the, the ax guys and he is, he is completely become the Kung Fu master in that part. And they, they're right. surrounding him and you think he's going to pull off this like sweet matrix move and then he like looks down and then like quick as lightning, he just stomps on everybody's feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> and they're all like... And then oh! it's like back... Then you're back to Looney Tunes humor right there. You know, it's like our Animaniacs or something. Right. They flow back and but forth. But it totally worked. They flow back and forth between so many different emotions flawlessly. And Some of that... I mean, there's really, really good camera work on oh, this. Yeah. Where the shots are are lined up and whatnot different camera angles are just yeah the cinematography really awesome now other thing kind of just a little side note but i was really surprised a lot of times i feel in martial arts movies the weapons especially the you know the hand hand hand-to-hand combat weapons knives swords whatever uh they don't necessarily look sharp to me they're Mm -hmm. just shiny a lot of times and dude the axes that they're all carrying those things look sharp like i don't know yeah if it was just the lighting or whatnot, those things look lethal. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost disturbing. You're like, oh, wow, those are really going to mess some people up. No, for real. In the part two, when the the two harp assassins are going after the, like, Taylor, the guy with the... He's got all the bow staffs and he's got the spears. I just love that. He, like, just oh, chucks yeah. them in the air and then he, like, kicks them. And the sound design is so cool because it sounds like almost like gunshots. It's like, doo, doo, doo. And then he's like, jumps right. and he's, like, flying through the air. Um, It's just... It's just a legit movie. Like, I guess I'm I'm gushing over this yeah. movie a lot, but it's just, it's it's <laughs> a legit movie. Like, and so it's a. I guess I would say like um, with this, what do you think? Is it mo- action first or is it comedy first? Uh I don't I don't know. Like, I I guess. So my initial thought with this movie was that it was a comedy, like an action comedy. Yeah. Um, but the more I was really, you know, picking it apart and even thinking about it after the fact. It's, I don't know, I guess I, I guess me personally, I kind of lean towards it's, it's a legit action movie. I don't know. It's both. man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> so, I feel like it's so, there's so much comedy in it. I don't think you can say it's strictly an action movie, but right. you cannot ignore the, the action and the deeper plot that's going on the whole time. Right, so I wouldn't water it down by saying it's an action comedy because I just I, I hate that. No. But always, anytime somebody's like it's an action comedy, I'm like, oh, so you mean it's like half and half, and it's neither great right. in either or I'm area? thinking, thinking, you know, Jackie Chan. If you're if you're talking martial arts, like or, the American movies um, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, like Shanghai Night or or Noon or you know one of those. Yeah, something like that. But this, uh, with this which are one, great, and those are those are absolutely funny action movies but this one man it's an action movie and it's comedy right no that totally makes sense so i i feel like this is the one time when you know you're scrolling through netflix and you keep seeing the same movie in different genres and you're like that's not yeah. a horror movie or like that's not a comedy like this movie clearly would be like if you're in the mood for watching a comedy kung fu hustle is great if you're in the mood for watching a just a, a awesome kung fu movie kung fu Hustle's great. Like. It works for both right. of them 100%. It works it is le- legit comedy and legit fighting. So if I could compare this movie to two other movies only in that how it blends styles, you've got Shaun of the Dead and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, I could see that. Which to me really you know embrace horror, but they also have they have solid comedic side as well too. Yes. And I feel like you're getting um, you're getting, well, Tucker and Dale's more horror tropes, I guess, but I guess you could say the same thing for Shaun of the Dead, but I do really appreciate the the strict horror elements in both of those as well as just some really solid humor. So I kind of, that's, I guess my comparison is that you've got really solid action and a great story combined with some really great comedy. Right. I, I, I still... I don't know. This movie is such an, I would say like an irregular movie. I can tell this movie is a cult classic. Like they definitely, oh, for I think sure. immediately had a cult following in America. And it's not really like a hidden gem. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know anybody that's seen this movie that, that didn't really like this movie. So it's right. just... I mean, maybe if you were like maybe at dragged first. to go watch it or something. He, yeah. Right. I feel like it would definitely grow on you. Like its it has enough legit... Like say if you're say you're not really getting the humor, I think you would appreciate the action. So you're gonna definitely like that, right? No, I definitely agree. I feel like this movie also grows on you too, because there's some movies that you yeah. like you the, you like right away. In this movie, I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first. Like I, I laughed really hard totally. at different parts, like the like you were saying the whole knife thing. Um, but then and the kung fu stuff was awesome. But I just didn't know how I felt about like the overall. And then right. The last time, a couple times I watched it, I was like, I just enjoyed it. The colors, the lighting oh, in this, oh yeah, the uh, right, yeah. The music again is is perfect along with it. The sound design, like you said, is that you know the effects, the sound effects are really spot on. Yeah, and I think the thing that's interesting is like a lot of the the actual kung fu fights are they have like a different flavor to them. A lot of them are just are funny, and then like the actual the harp one with the assassins it you're not sure what's going on at first like that confused me like the first time but yeah. then the second time i watched it i realized like oh those are the air currents like the air swords um and like the whole the part like you have the shadow of the cat getting cut in half <laughs> like right that was crazy um i know um but that surprised and me then they, like, and they take out they take out the uh, cooley you know the first master yeah they take him out pretty quick and yeah. they're like what uh, what he's like oh, i mean that he's, definitely he's dead yeah they weren't it, they're not afraid to i mean it's it's rated r for a reason it um, is so which i appreciate like it, it's not flippant about it i mean it's got points where it really comes in hard and it's it's it, sells, it sells the story it, i totally agree yeah picture oh, that. Oh, well, I, was I was just, just going to say the it's <laughs> <laughs> let's interrupt each other a few more times. <laughs> all the, I, uh, <laughs> no. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go this time. <laughs> I'm going to go. So okay. the, it def it totally grows on you. Like I, I other than that first scene that kind of caught my attention, you know, and then watching it, you know, through one, you know, the first time and not really sure. But then yeah, every, every time after that, it just has grown and grown and it's, you know, I, you know, the next time I watch it from here, I'm probably going to love it even more. Right. It's it's really cool like that. I feel like it had to be R because the violence in it like has to be, the stakes have to be serious. And I, and because then that actually really, it makes you really appreciate the characters a lot more and actually care about them. And then seeing Stephen Chow start off his character of just wanting to be a hero and then life happens and that's not what happened to him, but he can't commit to being a bad guy a hundred percent like he you know i mean the first time he tries to murder somebody it backfires and he keeps (laughs) stabbing himself by accident (laughs) right but um anyways but then like the second time when he actually has a chance to actually like kill the landlords again and then he decides right then to hit the beast and then he just pretty much almost dies right there like straight up from that like right, that's like his redeeming arc, and then I love the line where they're like, "I guess he had to take such a beating to get all the stupidity out of him, so his his full <laughs> right. kung fu masterness would be released." But yeah, <laughs> right. that is just dude. The dialogue in this is fast and it's funny, and it gets funnier every time. Oh yeah, it really does. Right? Like my, f- I think my favorite character, honestly, though, is is the landlord because the the guy because like landlord when, or landlady, landlord, the guy, the, nice, the guy because when he shows up. Um, after they've been revealed that they're kung fu masters and i love how they show up in the casino and they're wearing like bright Severnese like style like uh, clothing yeah he, and he's wearing what almost looks like a leather shirt type of thing and it's just it's just <laughs> it's freaking awesome because then after that after they yeah. revealed that they're masters they're both like super cool and because before that they're like right. yeah, you laughs. can tell before then it was an it was an act that was it how was, they were hiding yeah it was Hiding a out, you know there was kind of like lovers but like bickering lovers and just like she's super loud mouth and he's just like kind of whipped and, and domineering like, yeah and he's he's just like he's, oh, he's flirting be. with everybody and just right. kind of a lush you know and then like as soon as like they are revealed then they're both serious and you can tell like they have like a deep relationship and it's just right it's freaking cool so yeah absolutely yeah for okay. sure that's a great that's a great point that he's definitely kind of overlooked a little bit because the landlady's um uh, she's kind she's, of a kind of the star in a way i mean yeah. she's definitely like in all all the posters and and you know fan art stuff like that that you see she's very iconic just wearing that that i don't know like a moo and <laughs> hair curlers oh, yeah. and, you know cigarette <laughs> hanging out of her mouth you know and just got that grumpy look on her face but that's that's kind of that one of the iconic you know images you think of when you think of this movie, and he's just kind of in the background. But no, he's he's absolutely solid, and it's it's more it's more shocking to see him step up and be this right. master than it is for her because she's already kind of a strong character, anyways. And but he's completely you know like you said, whipped. Right. And the way when he just finally shows up, you know, taking charge, it's like uh, okay, this guy's right. awesome. Oh. Just, well, kind of like uh, kind of like some the other masters. I no, mean, that's they're true. definitely kind of, well, maybe not Taylor, but for sure, Cooley and Donut. I mean, Donut's this, you know, way over the top, flamboyant, you know, pushed around gay guy kind of getting slapped around. And yeah. he ends up being like one of the toughest dudes out of the whole. Oh, dude. You know, yeah. out of the whole group, He's he's awesome. Yeah. He's freaking legit. Yeah. But the thing that's funny about the the landlady is that. She um, actually was just in the room. She was friends with Stephen Chow. She was in the room and they were casting the landlady. She wasn't there for the part. And she was apparently right. Stephen Chow. Wasn't she him. with her fr- Her friend was coming in to do it. Uh, and that, she yeah, was just probably, there or something? Yeah, she was there. She had that look on her face and she was smoking a cigarette. And she, That look of just distaste. And Stephen Chow was like, <laughs> that's the person. And so she, <laughs> got, she literally got hired for, for that. And that's the iconic. That's what she looks like in this movie. Like when you think of her right that's what you think of and she plays the role like wonderfully um bill murray actually it looks like they're in a 2010 so this is five years after the movie was released in america i think it was released like the year before in hong kong but anyways probably uh, their stuff always comes out before it does here right um but yeah bill murray actually said that uh, about kung fu House. so he says the supreme achievement of the modern age in terms of comedy and that there should have been a day of mourning for American comedy the day this movie came out. So, wow. That is that is that's like high praise. Super high praise and like everybody loves Bill Murray and then for him to be like this movie redefines comedy and Bill Murray's obviously he's one of the faces of comedy. Right. right. Classic comedy. So, De- debatably one of the goats of comedy. I mean, well, he's not debatably one of the goats. Maybe debatably the goat, but right. yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. And so I was just like, it just makes me like Bill Murray even more. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you're automatically like, man, this guy's got amazing taste, which especially for him in the last, you know, 10, eh, maybe even 15 years now, but he really went hard into like independent comedies and stuff like that. Yeah. So he really was exploring different types of comedy versus, you know, the stuff that he was really made popular, you know, for doing back in the 80s and uh, early 90s, I guess. Right. So with Kung Fu Hustle, it has been confirmed that they are working on a sequel to it. So, oh, it is confirmed. That's it cool. It is confirmed. Like they had to stop working on it during 2019 at some point, but they're still working on it. But apparently, it's going to not be with some of the same characters. So I don't know if it's actually going to be about Stephen Chow or if it's going to be his character might be in the movie and it's about other people or something like that. So that's cool. But he's directing. Uh, I'm assuming is he, so. Is he writing and directing? I think he's writing and directing. Uh, I think most of the time he writes and directs his own stuff. Even if he doesn't star in his own stuff. But normally he at least has a cameo. But uh, anyways. But he, dude, he's a triple threat, man. Just writing, directing, yeah. acting. Like the dude is like almost 60 years old and he is not slowing down. And it's no. pretty legit. And I he, wish- looks, he looks like he's 35 still. Which is, <laughs> you know. That's amazing. Pretty awesome. It is. So... Wrapping this up, anything uh, anything else we want to talk about before we roll into our final verdicts? Ah, uh, other than continue to gush over this movie, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, I think we I, I think we've done a done a good job of uh, pumping this movie up. So yeah, go I watch w- this movie, y'all. I kind of want to just hang up and go watch the movie again, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so basically, okay, so we'll do run into the first one. So when, do you think this movie is relevant when it came out? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a huge hit in China and then did really well here. I think that's one of the few times, um, an, an Asian movie does well in both, both places, you know, both here in the West and then also obviously there. Um, and it was respected like I think it got pretty good reviews yeah um, as far as I can tell in both in both places so I personally I would give that an A as far as how it did then yeah I definitely agree it was it was a huge smash most of the world in America it wasn't as well accepted but um, it was actually at the time it was the the biggest opening for a foreign film in America which is it was opening like over 2,000 theaters which is pretty awesome so yeah that's incredible that's pretty legit because normally you'd have to see this movie in like a smaller independent theater or something like that you know where they have they play foreign films but they're more of the artsy theaters that do that and this one was like this was in the roxy theater like when i was watching movies there and so that was that's pretty legit so yeah i agree this is definitely a i didn't it didn't it made good money here in america but it was a blockbuster in other places so yeah absolutely sure but yeah. I think, re- yeah, definitely respectable here, you know, when it came out. Yeah. Maybe maybe you could say a modest success. Yeah, I'd say mod- modest success for, yeah. It's, it was a big fish success. <laughs> it didn't blow away. There you go. But it made money. Um, okay. Do right. you think this for movie sure. is still relevant? Uh, I think so. I mean, it was like you said earlier, it's, it was kind of immediately a cult classic. Yeah. So I think as far as relevance today and the fact that it looks it still looks amazing. I feel like it, it holds up very well still, you know, 15, 16 years later. Yeah. Uh so I would definitely give that an A as well. Yeah, so C G was still predominantly pretty new at that time. They were playing around with it, still figuring out what they could do and couldn't do. Um, I is it still relevant as definitely i think definitely uh, unlike our our last movie that we reviewed this one is definitely (laughs) (laughs) the opposite of that where it's like yeah it's just fantastic yeah so um right personal enjoyment josh uh i give this one a b plus i i really liked it that's what i'm talking about i i think i gotta give this movie i gotta give this movie an a i really like this movie it's just it's so much fun it's there's so many parts that I, that I love in this movie and there's not a bad actor in this movie. Like it's just, no, they sell everything so well. And I love all the For characters. Sure. I love how bad the people are. And I love how they give the beast a little bit of a redemptive arc at the end where he's the kind of, Oh yeah. He went crazy when they explained that he went crazy pursuing Kung Fu and couldn't find anybody who could beat him. So he was right like, yeah, I love that. It's almost like he turned himself in because of his insanity and, yeah no i think for me the only it would go up i think if i watched it another time or two it could definitely jump into a an a for me but this was a solid solid funny awesome action movie yeah super cool and so is it a midnight watch for you i gotta say yes definitely midnight watch i mean it was that's kind of how i fell into it was coming across it um, you know middle of the movie basically and just kind of get sucked in I was just like wow what is this right so and I think now how much I love it Um, I think for sure just about every sequence in this movie is worth stopping to watch so I think it's definitely a a midnight, a watch. midnight watch for me there we go yeah it is also a midnight watch for me too I definitely Look I didn't that. go I didn't go into this movie thinking that it would be even though I knew I really liked it and when I finished it this time I was like dude yeah, I I kind of want to watch this movie again right now. Like I agree, this is definitely it, it, it's gonna capture your attention. If it's just on and you're walking by, it's totally gonna capture your attention. It doesn't matter where it is in the movie. Like for me, yeah. i was just like, what what's going on? Yeah, fantastic film. Right. Yeah. Well, that uh, that wraps up today's episode. If you want to check this movie out, then I I own this movie, but I did watch it on Netflix because it was easier than <laughs> than popping the DVD. Is. It's right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, did you watch it on Netflix? I did. Yeah. Yeah, but I, like- I would, I would own this one too. I don't really buy a lot of movies anymore, just because mm-hmm. it's so easy to stream them. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would own this one for sure. Absolutely, no, like definitely, guys, check this one out. Special thanks to our sound producer Jake Colvin. If you guys like this episode, and you'd love it, if you, we would love it, <laughs> if you loved it too, we would love it if you shared it with your friends <laughs> or anyone that you think would like it absolutely please hit the subscribe button we'd love a five-star rating if you're listening on apple podcast uh any any good review you might want to write up we would love it we're also on stitcher spotify google podcast um just about everywhere else you can you can get a podcast it seems it seems like every every week or so you keep telling me oh yeah we're on this we're on this platform now we're on that platform uh we're on instagram we're on facebook um and uh if you want to email us hit us up at the midnight watch podcast at com. dude yeah uh, i don't know what i was gonna say i'm still thinking about the movie <laughs> i was just <laughs> like i was literally just like <laughs> thinking about the movie i was like oh man I, I, you I were, were kind of staring off into space there for a second i was yeah i i legit might actually watch this movie again like later this week so nice. anyways All right. Well, thanks again, guys. You have an awesome week. And as always, keep up the watch.